You're listening to the Hope City Community Church Podcast. We pray the message will encourage, inspire, and challenge you to experience the real Jesus. Thanks for listening. Now, let's tune in. Well, good morning, church. How's everybody doing? Good. (laughs) One guy goes, great. That's awesome. Well, good. Good. I got great. I love that. I love that. Speaking in faith, brother, it'll happen. Speaking in faith. Hey, uh, <laughs> what a great way to start the second service. You guys are just too much for me. Hey, welcome to church. We're glad you're here. Uh, before I get started, uh, a couple of quick announcements. Remember a couple of weeks ago, we took up a, uh, an offering for our missionaries to East Swatini, Africa. They're called Orphan to Air. And uh, we were trying to help them get a fence paid for. You guys remember that? We took the offering up. Uh, I just want to thank you for being a giving people. We paid for that entire fence. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, thank you guys for being just a uh, wonderful giving people. Uh, how many of you guys are excited about the Super Bowl next weekend? Ooh. Ooh, a little salty. Okay. Okay, I'll just move right along then. Okay. Well, for those who aren't injured spiritually over it, uh, I will just throw this out there. I want you to wear your jerseys next weekend. And listen, you don't have to be an Eagles or a Chiefs fan. You can wear your own team's jersey, okay? Just come ready to celebrate. You know, uh, I'm, we're a football-loving kind of church around here, okay? So come next week ready to celebrate. It's, uh, it's going to be a great weekend. And, uh, how, okay, well, let, let's, just, let's, just, let's just do this. Uh, how many of you guys are cheering for the Chiefs? How many of you guys? <laughs> how many of you guys are cheering for the Eagles? Okay. Uh, how many? How many of us don't care who wins? We're just watching the commercials. There you go. There you go. So whether you wear your uh, your Chiefs jersey or your Eagles jersey or whatever jersey. Your Alabama jerseys, that's okay. Uh, oh, boy, I could go a million directions for that right now, but I'm not. Um, uh, I'll just say this, S-E-C. Um, we're Arkansas. We're the lower end of the totem pole, but we celebrate all SEC teams equally here. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Uh, I love it when we come together. It's always a, a blast to come together and celebrate uh, just the goodness of God. Um, today I'm starting a new sermon series called Love Defined. Love Defined. And the, the concept of this is we really should be careful with the word love, shouldn't we? We use this word often, hey, love you, man, right? We love you, brother. Hey, praise God, love you too, right? But do we really understand the essence of the word? And do we understand the qualifications to truly love. So today I'm going to hit a topic that, to be quite honest, is sensitive. Talking about friendship. Next weekend, it gets even more sensitive because I'm talking about family. And the third week, it's going to ratchet up even worse because I'm talking about dating and marriage. So the fourth week, it gets even crazier because we're doing a panel for your questions. So here's what I want you to do. 
if you have a question, uh, anything comes up over the next three weeks, I want you to email me at josh at hopecitycc.com, and we should have a slide up. Uh, email me directly with your questions, and uh, we're going to take a look at those questions uh, and go back to the Word of God and see what it has to say about how you and I should love each other as brothers, sisters in Christ, how we're supposed to love our family. You know, I, I don't want to give too much of my, my sermon away next week, but can I tell you something? Just because someone shares your DNA does not mean you should subject yourself to abuse. Oh, I can tell you, y'all going to like that one. Because, see, I got, I got family, family. You know, I got the family, family, right? Where, man, we were savage toward one another sometimes. You know what? And we just assume they're going to keep coming back. So we, I'll save it for next week. Come back next week. It's going to be a good sermon. Um, but then the third week, we talk about love and how sometimes we injure the person that God gave us to be our person. They take the most abuse from us. You got men walking around with a broken rib. You got to come back. You got to come back. Baby, that's that trailer. That's that trailer. I'm telling you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know I'm finna preach. I'm already clapping. Real talk. Real talk. You don't know. <laughs> you put that in. Somebody start clapping, boy. Baby. You don't know what's going to happen in church today. Uh, I'm going to start in this whole series. <laughs> Y'all are always too much fun. Uh, let's, come on, second server. Let's get in the Word. First Corinthians. Ooh, I could just go. I could just go. First Corinthians chapter 13, verse 4 through 7. Let's take a look at what God calls love. It says, love is patient and kind. It does not envy, doesn't boast. It's not arrogant and it's not rude. It does not insist on its own way. It's not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth. Love bears all things. It believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. These are the qualifications of love. Now, when you have a true friend, we love our friends, yes or no? Yes. Our friends a treasure from God, yes or no? Absolutely, and boy, let me tell you, if you've got true friends in your life, you are a blessed and a rich person. Um, I believe that the love that we have, both for our friends, both for our family, and thirdly, for our uh, spouse slash boyfriend, girlfriend, the people we're dating, right, on our way to marriage, I believe these qualifications apply to all, that these qualifications, and again, I'm just going to give them to you, it's patient, it's kind, it's not envious, it doesn't boast, it's not arrogant, it's not rude, it's not bullish, it doesn't have to have its own way, it's not irritable, it's not resentful, it doesn't rejoice in wrongdoing, but instead it rejoices in truth, and it bears, believes, hopes, endures all things. So. We've got to start analyzing love differently. It's not just a word. It's a qualification based on the scripture. And so uh, I want to give you another verse before I really dive into my sermon today. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 1 says, Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not 
love, I've become a sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. Let me just close my intro like this. You can have all the spiritual giftings in the world. That's what this verse is really saying. It says you can be the greatest teacher or you can speak with the tongues of heaven. But if you don't have love, your gifts have been rendered useless. Friends, can I tell you love's important? It's important. And it's important that we don't do it in part, but we love in full. What good does it do us if we're patient but not kind? What good would it do us if we don't boast but we're arrogant? Can I tell you, we've got to qualify love based on all of these things. And if you leave one out, it's not love, it's something altogether different. And so today I just want to talk just for a few minutes about the love of friends. The love of friends. Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24. It's a very cool verse. It says, one who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. But there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. How about that? One who has unreliable friends soon comes to ruin. Can I tell you, some of you in here right now are in a season of ruin, hurt, desolation because you had the wrong friends on board. And can I tell you, in the same way that they can tear us up and leave us hopeless and desolated, the right person can bring restoration and renew our hope in humanity. And so it's important that as we go through life and we're figuring out who a friend is and friends aren't. How many have figured out who aren't your friends? That we're qualifying it not based on how we feel, but we're basing it on what the word says. See, your feelings will lie to you. Wendy says it all the time. Choices lead and feelings follow. But if you let your feelings lead, you're completely out of control. You've got to let the word of God, you've got to make the decision, let the word of God dictate what you call love. So today we're going to take just a quick look. I've really created today to be kind of a teaching, but I'm going to apologize in advance because I'm probably going to step on some toes. Today I want to give you a quick friendship evaluation. I want you to understand that you can apply what I'm about to give you to every friendship. And just because someone may be lacking doesn't mean you throw them out, but you give them an opportunity. And if they don't meet this criteria time and time and time again, they may be a bystander, but they're not a friend. They might be an acquaintance, but they're not a friend. And we need to be careful with how we use the word the first thing in the friendship evaluation is, are the people in your life a safe space? And that's safe in every way. That's spiritual, emotional, physical, psychologically. Are they safe? Have you ever had someone that when something's wrong in their life, they wanted to pull you down to match their ugly? That's not a safe space. 
How about this? Have you ever had somebody that you were hurting and you went and shared your hurt with them and next thing you know, everybody in your circle knows about your hurt? That's not a safe space. How about this? How about when you go to somebody and you're hurting and they don't give you the wisdom of heaven? That's not a safe space. You see, these qualifiers that we apply to our relationships are important because you will need a friend at some point. And if you haven't identified the person before the need arises, you're liable to go anywhere. The Bible says that when you mess with unreliable friends, you'll soon come to ruin. I don't want that for anybody. If we reverse that, let's take a look at what it would say. A person who has reliable friends will forever be established. That means they'll hold you up. They'll strengthen you. How many of y'all got godly friends in here that they just strengthen you? Aren't we grateful for our friends? Well, I'm gonna tell you, friends are just an absolute treasure from the Lord. Um, just to hit on this for a second, before we can expect it out of other people, we got to be it in ourselves. Oh, hang on. Before you can expect it out of other people, you have to walk it out for yourself. See, expecting something out of other people, not giving it from yourself, is something we call hypocrisy. And I don't need no hip, just hypocritic friends around here. I need people who are going to qualify based on the scripture. It's going to be a safe place for me, right? See, what generally happens is, is you have a friend who can take so much of your mess and then they, they got to overflow to somebody. And then they don't have a safe friend. And then they go share your mess with somebody who's not safe. And now your mess is everywhere. And it's one thing to go through a storm. We all go through storms. It's a whole other thing to combat a gossip while you're going through a storm. And so going to the right person is absolutely necessary to expedite those hurting seasons. Because, man, I don't know if you ever had your business get out there. But then every time you bump into somebody new, they won't know about it. So you got to relive it every time you bump into somebody you didn't even know they know about it. Make sure your friends are safe places. Number two, do they give godly counsel? Do they give godly counsel? Growing up, we had a term, and some of you may understand this, it's called a ride or die friend. Now, you got to be careful because a godly ride-or-die friend will always take you back to godly counsel. But I still got some relationships from back then that I thought were ride-or-die, and that's a whole different concept. We've got to learn what is a flesh blessing and what is a spirit blessing. And I know I'm going, I'm going deep on you today, so stay with me. Somebody who will edify your flesh in a time of hurt and need feels good. Let me tell you what that looks like. You wouldn't believe what so-and-so said to me. See, a ride-or-die flesh friend will say, let's go get them. Let's go get them. I know where they work. Listen, we can, we can act up. 
right? I know where the kids go to school, right? That edifies the flesh. It feels good for a minute, and then blue lights kick on. <laughs> Am I lying, church? But godly wisdom that edifies the spirit at times of trouble feels alien, doesn't it? Because your flesh wants justice. Your flesh wants vengeance, and God is selfish with that thing. He said, vengeance is mine. You're limited in your wisdom and understanding. God says, you let me repay people. You just keep moving forward, and you just work on your wholeness. And see, when you have the right friends, they will give you wisdom to say, don't put a face to an offense. Don't, 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 don't worry about these people hating on you. They'll give you scriptures like, the Bible says God prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You can't eat without a hater or two. You see, when you got good godly friends, you make good godly decisions right? And so it's imperative that we as believers surround ourselves with people that don't give us carnal wisdom, but godly wisdom. The wisdom that does not cessate the desires of flesh. You see, the desires of the flesh are temporarily pacified, but then they create their own mess. They create their own drama. They create their own pain. See, I got an older brother who's just a little bit crazy. Just a little bit crazy. And I know there's certain things I can't share with him. There's certain things that if I tell him somebody did something or said something or looked at his little brother a certain way, it's going to be some drama. It's going to be some furniture moving somewhere. You hear me? So I've learned. I just don't share those things that will trigger him. I love him enough that I protect him from that side. But then I've got people, godly friends, that I can go to and say, man, you won't believe who was careless with me. Can I tell you preachers get hurt too? Whew. Well, if I could just tell you about my last seven days, it'd blow your mind. People will dog you. They will put your mess out there. People you thought cared about you will trick off on you. You hear me? But there again, I realize, just like Jesus on the cross, Father, forgive them. They don't realize what they're doing. You see, if they realized what they were doing, they'd realize they're messing with one of God's children. Woe to any man. Right? So how do we handle that? We learn the right people to go to in times of hurt. Godly relationships that give us godly wisdom. Amen. Let me keep moving. I, got, I, ain't, got, I ain't got much time today. Um, point number three, do they speak the truth even when it hurts? Mmm, mmm, mmm. First service went a lot longer. Mmm, mmm, like they had a mouthful <laughs> like, like mouth of peanut butter. Mmm, mmm, mmm. Right? Do you have those friends? 
You ever had those friends that let you go through the whole conversation with a booger in your nose? <laughs> and then you get in your vehicle and look in the visor and you got all... You think, I was just in... I look over and I say, how you... You let me sit here and pray for these people with a booger hanging out of my nose. <laughs> that is not the way a friend should conduct business. Right? We, we laugh because that's a physical thing, but you know what? We got spiritual and emotional boogers hanging all over sometimes. Right? We got these little hurts from the past, just jagged pieces of meat hanging off, you know, and we're judging people based on who injured me from the past, but I'm attributing it to somebody who's innocent. And it takes a friend who loves you to come and say, slow down. These people are not your enemies. And sometimes those conversations are not easy to have. Can I tell you, I, only weird people like conflict. I'm telling the truth. Nobody gets up in the morning and goes, let's go have hard conversations today. Am I telling the truth? Nobody gets, can I tell you, leading the staff, loving the people of the city, it's the hardest thing for me to do to go sit down and have a hard conversation. I don't like it. But can I tell you, it gives life. And it changes trajectories. And it realigns us to the word. And so acknowledging that hard conversations are valuable, we have to check the box that they're necessary. And so many times we'll let a friend go around with this issue scarring and injuring people and we won't check them on it because it's just too hard. I just, not today. We'll we'll talk about it later. Can I tell you something? If you claim to love me, correct me. If you claim to love me, challenge me. You can't grow muscles without pushing weight, and you can't grow your spirit without a challenge. Can I just throw this out there? If you ever find yourself in a church that asks you not to question, get out. Your questions do not scare God, and they should never scare your leadership. They certainly should not scare and injure your friends. If you do it with love, All things are possible, but you got to do it with love. Make sure you speak the truth, even when it hurts. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 6 says, The wounds from a friend can be trusted, but it's your enemy that multiplies kisses. But wait a second. I, I only show affection to people I love. My enemy don't come up. What it's saying is, is you are doing more damage than their enemy by letting them walk around the problem. Address issues with love and honesty. Amen. Point number four. Oh, Lord Jesus, help us on this. Do your friends strive to make peace? Do they strive to make peace? This is, um, this is kind of a complex. At first it looks simple, but it's, it's a little more complex. I'm, I'm going to try to paint the picture for you. Nora 
every day she comes home from school, it's craft time, which means litter everywhere. If you got a six-year-old, you understand. She's going to take everything out, color on it. Whatever paint she has is coming out. It's just going to be a big mess, right? But here's why I love craft time with Nora. Because she has a picture in her mind, and then she uses her effort to make it a reality. Hang on. She has a vision in her mind of what she wants the final outcome to be. And then she uses her creativity and her tools to make it a reality. This past week, it was posters, also known as sheets of eight and a half by 11 with marker on them, on every wall of my house, all over the place. And they all had a heart. Some of them were colored in, some of them weren't. And I finally asked her, I said, no, I said, what's the, the concept? She goes, it's just that I love you, Dad. And I said, what do you want, child? <laughs> She's slick. She's slick. But here's what's interesting. I can look at her product and see her intention. Oh, y'all didn't hear that. You can see her product. What is the produce of her life? And I can see where her mind was. Don't you wish it was that easy with adults? Can I tell you, sometimes it is. Because you're just gifted enough. And you have the right tools at your disposal. Now, 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 notice the scripture didn't say to keep peace. Sometimes you got to have it to keep it. Sometimes there ain't no peace to keep. Sometimes you got to help me make this. If I can't reach it, you're going to have to under here. here. We can work together. We're going to do this. Good. I think we're all right. Made peace, right? Just work together on this. Because see, if what you see is peace and what I see is peace, it don't matter what nobody else sees. We made peace. So why am I worried about what everybody's posting about on Facebook, about my relationship? My job is to make peace. One to another. And people's lives are full of chaos. And the scripture never says to make chaos. <laughs> Can you imagine? I'm, I'm convinced if the scripture said make chaos, everybody have peace. That's a whole sermon within itself. 
You know why I'm convinced of that? Because the enemy's always working against my best. And God's always working for it. And if chaos was better for me, the devil wouldn't want me to have it. He don't want you to have peace. So you've got to, man, sometimes you've got to get in the dirt to create the clay to make the mold. Sometimes you've got to get a little dirt on yourself, man, to make peace for somebody. It don't feel right. Preacher, you don't know what they did to me. Listen, listen, where it's possible, make peace. I didn't say re-expose yourself to damage. See, the peace is just as beautiful to them as it is, the, as it is to the person creating it. It's peace. And everybody that beholds it gets to enjoy it. It's peace. It's just peace. And if you have godly relationships, then they should look like this designed to always make peace. But then you say, why do my friends always make something else? Why are they always full of drama all the time? Maybe, maybe you have missed labeled someone as a friend who really is something else. Can I tell you, if you're out there looking for a friend, the devil's real good at camouflaging acquaintances and rolling them into your life. So here's a friend. The devil's real good about taking the camouflage of a friend, putting it on a bystander and <clears throat> that's a friend. We gotta be wise sit back and say, this doesn't line up with 1 Corinthians 13. Something doesn't add up here. They're not striving to make peace. And no matter how hard I try, there's, there's no teamwork here. Have you ever really tried to make peace and somebody just wanted the drama? Can I tell you, it's okay to step back from that relationship. It's okay to step back. You can pray for somebody and not expose yourself to injury. Point number five, and I'm closing. Do your friends function in forgiveness? We will all make mistakes, yes or no? Ooh, and twice on Sunday, right? Do your friends function in forgiveness? More than that, do you function in forgiveness? People will fail you. People will be careless with you. If I, there was a situation that happened this week that just, it was just tough. It was tough. It was tough on Wendy. It was tough on me. And can I tell you, you have to choose just to forgive. You have to choose to forgive. If you really value that person, then you got to forgive. Some of the wisest Wisdom, wisest wisdom, wisest wisdom I've ever received is this. Until you value that relationship more than being right, you will never have the right value on that person. You can't want to be right all the time. You have to forgive. Ephesians 4.32 says, be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ, God forgave us. Point number six, do your friends pray for you and encourage you? 
Do they pray for you? Do they encourage you? In 1 Thessalonians 5.11, it says this. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up, just as, in fact, you are doing. So we have these qualifications of what a friend is. Is it possible that maybe we have been sold a bill of goods as to what a friend is? Is it possible that maybe we have mislabeled some relationships in our life? Sure. A little bit deeper, a little more painful. Can I go there? Is it possible that we ourselves have been anemic friends for others? Sure. So here's my challenge to you. Let's evaluate ourselves first. The scripture says that God begins restoration in his house. That correction begins in the house of the Lord. And so if we begin looking at ourselves first, is it also possible that we can reflect what a friend is? and by our actions lead others to be friends better to us. Don't you love that picture? That we start here first, where we can affect change. You see, I can't make you a better friend, but I can do better myself. And then in order for us to do life together, you're going to see somebody who forgives. You're gonna see somebody who prays for you and encourages you. You're gonna see somebody who operates out of grace, right? And then in time, we'll begin to reflect each other. Here's the most beautiful picture of the day. You ready? As you reflect the friend that Christ was to you, the people around you will begin to reflect the Christ that is in you. We gotta reflect him first, amen? Stand to your feet. Yeah, boy, next week's going to be a tricky one. Y'all pray for me. I got family that listens to the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Love you too. Listen, I pray that you're surrounded by friends. They are the greatest treasure. Can I tell you, when I was young, I used to keep score on life by the statement the bank would give me. I don't do that anymore. You see, I realized my true treasure were the people God sent into my life. There are people in here that have been friends to me. I'm talking about real treasure. And I pray that you will look around in your life and find these wonderful treasures of grace and love and mercy and forgiveness and wisdom. And to have a true friend. Let me tell you something. God's been so good to me because I'm looking at friends all over the room. All over the room. Can I tell you something? The Bible says, if you desire a friend, show yourself friendly first. Represent the friend that you desire. Be what you long to have. 
and watch what God will do for you. Amen. Love defined. Let's pray. Lord, we love you. We thank you for the many blessings. Lord, I can look over this crowd and point out your blessings. I can look across this audience and I can just point out treasures just nearly on every aisle. And I just give you glory for that. I give you praise for that. I thank you for that. Lord, here's my prayer. Let the correction start in your house. Let us understand what a friend is. Let us go back to the book of Corinthians and find out what love really is. Lord, also, once we learn what it is, protect us from what it isn't. Give us godly wisdom. Give us friends who will reflect godly Father, help us not to settle for some cheap imitation of a friend, but give us true godly friends. And as always, Lord, I ask that you would bless us and keep us. Be gracious to us and show us your favor. Make your face shine upon us and give us peace both now and forevermore. Cover us with the blood of Jesus. From the top of our head to the soles of our feet, I thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. I thank you, Lord, for sending the right people into our life. I give you praise for that today. Bring us back next week with more of your wisdom and more of your word locked away in our heart. We'll give you the praise that you are so, so due. We love you, Lord. We thank you. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. We love you. We bless you. And we'll see you next week. For more information about Hope City Community Church, visit www.hopecitycc.com. Until next time.